We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome to the Live It Full podcast. I am Richard. I am going live in our group, Live It Full, the community today. And I wanted to talk about a couple different things. Let me pull up my laptop so I can see it. Um, Well, first off, today is Thursday and it's going to be my Thursday thoughts edition. So like I said, I am live in our Facebook group, Live It Full, the community. You can go find us at our off of our Facebook, which is at the real Live It Full um, or liveitfull.com has links to everything. Um, but I am recording a podcast live, um, which is one of my favorite things to do because it, you never know how it's going to go if people ask questions or interact, um, which is always exciting. So I'll try to do my best to read a question if somebody asks it who's in our group, um, as well as um, make sure if you are just listening on the podcast that it all makes sense. Um, but today what I wanted to talk about as an elder millennial is what I will call myself. Um, I am of the generation that grew up with technology and without it. I feel like we are um, we're, we don't always mesh as well with Gen X or the younger millennials um, because we've seen both sides of that equation. But what I wanted to throw out there today was I feel like we played sports and didn't get participation trophies, but the generation and there are generation, but the group right under us, it feels like they at times maybe did, um, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but I had, I'm a nerd as some of you know, an insurance nerd. Um, I had a friend send me a link the other day that was on reason.com and I'm going to share the link with y'all, um, here when we get done. And what it was making me think about was the the title of it is, well, first off, it starts with free range kids. And so Caitlin and I definitely, we, we relate with that because we talk about that we are a little more free range than some. Um, we have used the term, let them bleed parents. Um, just meaning that we want our kids to try to find out for themselves why they shouldn't do something. Um, but the title of this article was German insurance companies demand perilous playgrounds so that kids can learn about risk. And I know that I can be guilty of it with my children trying to protect them from everything there is going on out there um, just because it's a it seems to be a, uh, you know, it's a dangerous world. We want to protect them from all the bad stuff. Um, we want to keep them safe when they climb up really high on top of a piece of playground equipment. Sometimes that's scary. Right. And so I read this article and I sent it to Caitlin and we talked about it some um, and basically I'm going to paraphrase some of it and kind of go through it and then talk about it and talk about how it not only relates to physical safety, but does it does it really relate to us as far as emotional and our risk tolerance as far as being entrepreneurs? Are we raising a generation of children that won't take risk as far as being an entrepreneur? Because I think that risk and 
success go hand in hand. But I'm also, like I said, most people know my day job. I'm in insurance. I understand risk management and mitigation as well. But so Germany was told to add greater risk to its playgrounds. Um, Some of their climbing structures now are over three stories high. And who was requesting it? Well, it was insurance companies. They want kids to grow up to be risk competent, which is ironically the safety culture that we're creating is stunting kids risk assessing abilities in their estimation. So what their studies did and what they showed is that kids who take less risk as children on the playgrounds tended to have more accidents as they got older. Because as they got older, they started trying to do things that they may not have been as comfortable with that um, led to higher incidents of accidents. And surprisingly, with riskier playground equipment, there was actually the the percentage of accidents don't go up. So I'm thinking about um, even going back and I'm, I mean, I'm 37 and I remember the playground equipment that we had when we were kids. Um, some, uh, most of it has been torn down since then. Um, you know, we had some wooden structures with metal bars and um, there wasn't like enamel coated steel like you might see today. And so I was thinking about that though. It's, um, we definitely had a different set of playground equipment. There were definitely monkey bars that you could fall off of. There wasn't a soft landing. Um, you learned how to manage those risks and how to do it safely. And every once in a while you fell off and somebody broke an arm. Um, but have we taken away a lot of that from our children? Cause I know I get freaked out a little when I see my kids climb to the top of something and there's nothing there to save them if they fall you know what? They haven't fallen. Um, are we taking away their ability to assess risk, to understand risk and mitigate risk by trying to take them away? And so that's one thing, Caitlin, I've talked about on the podcast before is that, you know, I think I freaked a friend out. I talked about it one time that I let one of our kids use a knife to cut. Uh, she was cutting her own stuff and she's seven, but she will never know how to use a knife correctly if we don't teach her the right way. And that she understands how to do it and the consequences of not using it correctly. So I think it's the same thing, but I worry, um, and I don't know that I have a good answer for what I'm going to talk about necessarily, but I worry, are we creating a generation of children that are so risk averse that they don't ever take those leaps of faith that you have to take to become entrepreneurs or become parents or, be, or ask a girl or a guy out? Like there's things that worry me and maybe even the... Um, you know, the generation that it, we had to talk to girls, we had to talk to guys, um, you know, back and forth. We called each other on phones. We did it in person. Like we didn't have texting. And does that take away from people's ability to communicate? Does it take away the risk factor of asking, worrying about rejection? It's easier to get rejected in a text message versus in person. So are we, are we mitigating the risk for our children to the point that they're never going to try? And so even though this article talks about a little bit of more about the physical dangers of playground equipment and understanding how to um, teach kids risk management, are by trying to shelter them in a way that we protect them, are we hurting them in the long run? Are we giving them the skills they need to be successful in life? Because if we don't ever give them the opportunity to go on the monkey bars and fall off, they're never going to be able to go across the monkey bars, right? 
it's the same thing. If we don't ever give them the ability to fail, to fall, they're never going to know what it's like to succeed. That does scare me. And I've always heard that, um, this is completely separate, but like talking about, so I'm in a rural community for those of you that are listening. And, and I know we actually have listeners, believe it or not. When I check our Apple stats, we have listeners all over the world. Um, we've got a few in Ireland, a few in France, um, th- that listen regularly. And so I, I don't know what the compared to rural West Texas. I mean, we're in a, a pretty small community. I've always heard that farm kids, for example, are always more independent than their peers in the cities in a different way. But they have to learn early on about discipline because there's so many things in a real rural farm setting that can kill a kid, whether it be animals. Um, if you take away insect stings, cows are the most dangerous animals in, in, in the U.S. They account for more deaths. Um, animal stings account for more overall, which is an interesting fact. Texas being the most dangerous state when it comes to animal deaths. Surprise, surprise. Um it's actually wasp that lead the way. It's usually anaphylaxis, but that's another story. But kids on farms generally have to understand that that piece of equipment, that tractor, that cow, that horse can kill me. So understanding discipline at an early age is different from somebody who isn't around that situation. And so you see things like you know, 10 year olds driving tractors. And I think that probably freaks some people out that you're giving them responsibility with a large piece of machinery, but they've been taught differently their entire lives. They understand how to assess risk better. And so I want my kids, and this is something that I, I do struggle with it. And because I don't want my kids to ever get hurt, but I got hurt. I get hurt in business. I get hurt in relationships every day of my life. Have we tried to get to the point where we mitigate loss and mitigate risk for them so much that we don't let them experience life? That's what worries me going forward as a country. And some of it, you can call it participation trophies. You can say, um, you know, we didn't teach them how to win and lose. Even aside from that, are we allowing them to take risk? Like, I'm not 100% sure that I want my my kids to play my my son to play football. I think there's inherently some risk there that um, I took playing football. I wasn't the best at it, but I mean, my knees hurt some days now and I can attribute it to that in basketball. Do I want him playing football because I think there's risk there? Do I think it's a safer sport now than, than it was 30 years ago with technology? Probably, but I struggle with that. Do I let them for long term health reasons? But I also want them to understand teamwork and camaraderie and that you're going to fail in hard things. And I think that sports definitely teach those. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a something I don't necessarily have the answers to, but I wanted to share my thoughts with y'all on it. So I'm going to share this article. Like I said, it's on reason.com. It's about free range kids. Um, There's a fan, the, the lead article or the lead headline in it is there's a fantastic progress in understanding childhood is the right time for children to learn and recognize and mitigate risk. Guys, we got to let our, I mean, I'll end with this. I mean, we've got to let our children's take ri- our children take risk and our children learn how to assess those and to manage those and to mitigate risk. And so let them be kids. Don't wrap them in bubble, bubble wrap. Don't put them in the house. We live in a dangerous world. I know that. 
there are probably more things that scare us now than 20 years ago because of the news and everything else. And there are some bad people out there. Don't get me wrong. I told Mac asked me if there were monsters one day and I wanted to look at him and say, son, there's no such thing as monsters. But the scary thing is as an adult, I've realized all the monsters we've ever known have been men or women, but you know, have been human. That's scarier than anything else, but we've got to let our kids take chances. We've got to let them fail on their own. We can't be at the schools complaining over something that our kids did necessarily. Now there's a right time to stand up for your kids. So don't get me wrong there. Um, But like we have to let kids, how will they ever manage conflict if they don't have conflict? How will they ever learn how to have conversations with teachers or peers if we don't let them, if we handle it for them? And maybe that's where I have a blessing um, of my mother when I was in high school had me do the majority of things I needed to do. I learned how to go get my oil changed. I learned how to um, go get my registration done. I learned how to do things that maybe other parents did for their kids that enabled me to be self-sufficient at an early age. Because by 18, I was pretty self-sufficient. Um, and so we balance it. It's a, my word of the year, dichotomy. But let kids struggle. Let them fail. Let them learn risk. Let them fall off some playground equipment. You know, if we jump into every situation, how will, and I think of bullying and, and I am obviously very anti um, bully. And I think that most of the time when people are bullying someone else, it's, it's a problem they have at home with other issues. I mean, we can get into the psychology of all that, but sometimes we've got to let our kids stand up to them and have those conversations and understand conflict resolution. Now there's obviously a time that we jump into those things. And we help handle them when it's necessary. But I want to enable my kids to be self-sufficient at 18. I don't want them to have to need me. I want them to want you know, help necessarily, but I don't want them to feel like I am incapable of doing these things in life that I need to do because my parents didn't enable such. Anyways, if you listen to this and you liked it, I'm going to share the link. I'm going to put this out on the podcast. This is my Thursday thoughts. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, all the good places at the real live it full, go to live find our apparel. There are some really badass t-shirts on there. We are selling a lot of them, but we'd love to sell some more. Um, go to live it Leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. If you love the podcast, um, we're going to have a new format coming out. We're going to be trying to do at least one day a week with Caitlin and I, one Thursday thought with me, and then an interview with somebody else. I'm going to try to start putting out three podcasts a week. Um, that is my goal. Um, trying to be consistent with it, um, which is always the hardest part of success. But if I can help you with anything, email us at info at live it full DM me. I'd be happy to, and I hope that you continue to live it full. Listen to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Living Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full Podcast.